0: Teaching math is hard, and it's even harder if you hate math. When you're an upper elementary teacher, you're expected to be an expert in all of the subjects. It can be tough to reach out to other teachers when you need help. And if you don't feel supported by your admin, then it's easy to feel completely lost and hopeless when it comes to teaching math. No wonder so many hate it. But don't worry, you're not alone. You're now part of the best unofficial math PLC for upper elementary teachers learning to love math. Hey, teacher, and welcome to the Learning to Love Math podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm a teacher, math tutor, and the seller behind the Teachers Pay Teacher store, Math with Minis. In just two short years, I went from basically being math illiterate to having students make two years worth of gains with math in my classroom. I create courses and resources like this podcast to help third to fifth grade teachers foster math fact fluency and build skills for mental math in their classrooms. Welcome to our PLC. Welcome or welcome back to the Learning to Love Math podcast. My name is Brittany and I'm your host. I am a teacher, I'm a math tutor, and I'm the seller behind the Teachers Pay Teacher store, Math with Minis. And I am so glad you're here because this podcast is all about helping teachers and students learn how to love math. I know the students aren't listening to this podcast though, so this is really for the teachers, especially upper elementary teachers, because that is often when we have to teach a lot of math topics that we've often not learned or used in a while ourselves, like long division, multi-digit multiplication, and so on. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing all about why I believe strongly that your students need to use a math fact fluency tracker in the classroom and why I believe so strongly that they need to be using it instead of their teacher, instead of a math interventionist. Yes, all of those folks, including ourselves, we can track too, but we really want for our students to be tracking this. If you haven't already listened to the past couple of episodes, I'd strongly encourage you to do that. In episode 15, I really break down what math fact fluency is. So if you're still kind of new to teaching or to the concept of math fact fluency in general, definitely go back and check that one out first. In the last episode, I talked about some strategies to help students build their math fact fluency. So definitely go back and check those episodes out if you haven't already. Of course, if you're already driving or exercising or whatever, continue listening to this one now, but be sure to check those ones out too. So let's just quickly recap my framework for building math fact fluency, just because you may not have time to go back and listen to those right now. So unlike other teachers and math interventionists, I have somewhat a non-conventional approach. I have my students apply whatever they're learning first. It's very, very similar to the 5E model that's used for teaching and learning in science. And I believe it's really the best for all subjects, but I kind of have modified it a bit for math. My first step is having them apply the topics. So maybe instead of directly teaching them, I might have students, in t- participate in an activity or some kind of puzzle or challenge where they have to sort some kind of object into groups. So maybe I give them three 12 packs of soda. And I say, how many six packs can you make out of this or whatever? And so the students have to work together to mix the individual soda cans from the packs into groups of six, okay? So this is helping them reinforce the ideas of grouping and what multiplication is, that multiplication is just repeated addition and so on. I should also note that math fact fluency isn't just for multiplication and division, it's for addition and subtraction too. But I know that upper elementary teachers were mostly focused on multiplication and division. So that's what I usually mean when I'm talking about this. So I like to have the students apply what they're learning first. From there, they conceptualize. That's when I have them to start to draw, to start making models. I might have them go on to Google Sheets or Jamboard and client kind of play a little bit, but they're starting to build that schema in their brain of what I'm teaching, what specifically math fact fluency is, what multiplication is, and so on. From there, I say this is when learning really starts taking place, but that's not completely accurate because learning is a continuum. They are learning all the time. And they're learning from the moment they start engaging with the content with the material with manipulatives or whatever else they have going on in the classroom from there we move on to memorizing a lot of teachers make the mistake of trying to move to this step first of trying to have students memorize their math facts or just about anything really without truly understanding what it is that they're learning or what they're doing and when and where they would even use it in the future So I focus a lot on the memorization stage because I do think that it's important and I do think that there are ways for us to do it right with the students and I think there are ways to make it fun for them. But we really have to be hitting instruction at all four of those stages and we have to be planning for that so that the students can really get a holistic learning experience when it comes to math and really that's for any subject or topic. We can't just skip to memorization but students do need it students do need to memorize their math facts i have a blog post where i go in depth about this so i'll be sure to link that in the show notes if you'd like to read a little more about why and the science behind it but like i said i've talked about that a bit before so let's just let's just say even if we don't for a second let's just say that we agree that students need to memorize their math facts if you don't i understand but just stay with me once we know that we need to figure out how how are students going to memorize their math facts this is typically the phase when teachers want to put them on websites. And I love those websites. I've talked about them in previous episodes. I love Sumdog, I love Prodigy, I've used Reflex and Fast Math and IXL and I've used Khan Academy videos. Like there are many different websites that teachers and students can use for general math skill practice and math fact fluency development, but they don't always allow students to really track their progress. And if anything, they're really just tracking the progress in that actual app or website. So students really need to have a way to track their progress on their own. Also, you have to consider that when you have some kind of parameter set in the website, it's being set either by you or by an algorithm or by the website or by a certain standard for Common Core or for your state. But there's something really special about helping and empowering students to develop and track their own goals. Yes, of course. We would love for our students to get to the point where they can fully memorize their math facts. And it's even possible to do within a month. I've done it before. I've seen other teachers do it. I've seen lots of students do it. But I don't want you to think that that has to be the end goal. You know, even if it takes six months, even if it takes years, that's going to be okay. Obviously, the quicker, the better. So they can move on to other things and have actual fun with math and not just be memorizing things all the time, but they have to have some way to plan and make a goal for themselves and then track their progress for that. So MathX pro has a really great grid for this, but there are a couple of problems with this, right? Like what if there's no power? What if the internet doesn't work one day? Or what if you're just generally having tech issues or students aren't able to access their devices? I mean, there's a million and one reasons why you want to have some other way for students to track their math fact fluency progress outside of one of those apps and sites. So having something tangible, something paper, something that they can keep in their own folder, within their own desk or at a center, there's just something magical about it. Especially when you think about that multi-sensory approach, being able to interact with what they're doing in a way that's tactile, where they can color or cut and paste, ways that you can make it fun and physically engaging for them, it's just gonna be so much more memorable and impactful for them. And your students need a system. They really can't just have some random printed out thing because yes, it might help them figure out which facts they've mastered, but then what does that even mean, right? Are the students learning what mastery is? How do students know they've mastered it? So it's not just enough to have some kind of random printable. You need a system. It helps them stay on track. It helps them stay encouraged and motivated. And there's some other benefits too. Having a way to apply, use, and interpret data is actually a really big standard for the upper elementary grades. So when students can take something they're actually physically learning, like math fact fluency, and then apply that with data, then you're really killing two birds with one stone and you're helping them truly understand data. So when you get to that unit, I know for us, it's usually towards the end of school year for fourth grade, once you get there, students are already going to have so much application with it. And when they already have application, they're gonna be so much more ready for the modeling, for the direct instruction, for any opportunities they have to practice in math workshop because you would have already given them opportunities to use their data all year long. And then what's really cool is when you do running records or meetings or student conferences with the kids and you can ask them based on the data that you've collected on your own progress, what do you think is the best course of action? empowering them with that voice and choice is just so exciting because then the students can really see oh wow i have learned a lot and yeah based on this information that i have i think i'm ready for xyz and of course the teacher can counsel and guide from there but how how amazing is it for students to be able to come to those conclusions on their own i think that's super exciting when i think about developing skills and goal setting and action planning i don't think that's something that my school really talked about until the high school grades so the sooner that they can learn and practice those skills the better as much as i love talking about mental math and math fluency, that's really not all it is for me one of the reasons i started this podcast was because i just saw that so many teachers were burned out And I personally know so many upper elementary teachers who just hate math. And I think that part of the reason that they hate math, maybe this is even true for you, is one, they just feel like they don't get it. Maybe they're not a math person. Maybe this stuff doesn't make sense to them. But it's also because they see that their students don't like it. And so this puts you into a constant, perpetual, negative feedback loop, right? Your students hate math, so you hate planning math. You hate planning for math, so you don't give it all of the time and energy it really deserves. You don't give it the time and energy it deserves, so your uh, lessons don't go as well as you like your lessons don't go as well as you like so your students don't learn your students don't learn so you feel frustrated and discouraged and it just leads to this really negative terrible cycle but what if you could break that cycle what if there are just a few simple tweaks and tools that you can start implementing in your instruction in your classroom with your students to make it so that you get math that your students get math and that everybody starts to learn to love it and start to look forward to it towards actually something that, that's fun that your students cheer for. I want that for you so bad. I really want for that for your students. And I really think truly that a math fact fluency tracker is so great. It's a great stepping stone to that because it includes, if it's a system, it includes a path for your students. It shows them where they're at, where they need to go and what to do to get there. And they get to choose the milestones that they want to hit first. I think the best Math fact Fluency trackers are visual, so they have some way for students to color in the data, to show where they're at. It has some way to manipulate the data so they can actually physically move it around and they, they can present it in different ways. And it gives students opportunities to talk about their data. So opportunities for students to talk with each other about where they're at, what they're doing to get to where they need to be, and where do they need to be, and how they feel about that. What an amazing thing that we're not only helping students master their math facts and acquire math fluency in general and not only learn how to talk about data, but that they're able to talk about math and that they're able to goal set and action plan. I just think it's one of the best things, one of the simplest hacks and tools that I've been able to use in my instruction to really see some big gains. Like I said, you don't just want any math back fluency tracker. You want a whole system. And so based on what I've been seeing that teachers really, really need in their classroom, I've made one. It's only $9. I have a link for it in the show notes, so you're welcome to grab it there. And I also have it included as part of a black Friday special. If you're listening to this in November of 2021, where you can get my whole math fact mastery system for just $27 and it includes math Fact fluency tracker. So definitely go check that out in my teachers pay teacher store math with minis. And if you're not already following my store, consider giving it a follow because then you can see when I release new freebies and new resources, you get those updates delivered directly to your inbox. I'd also love to connect with you too over on social media. Feel free to find me on Instagram over at mathwithminis or feel free to come join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash math with minis. We are the Upper Elementary Math PLC, unless I have some reason changed the title by the time you get there, but we're a small but mighty group of upper elementary teachers who are working together to learn to love math ourselves, but also to learn ways to make students love math, to improve our math instruction, to make it a better experience for our kids, and to really build mathematicians in our classroom. So if that sounds like something you're about, I'd love to have you come over and join us until next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really hope that it helped you and I would love to connect with you and get to know you more. You can follow me on Instagram over at math with minis, or you can find me on Facebook and feel free to come join our Facebook group. If you haven't already, we're the upper elementary math PLC or you can just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash math with minis until next time.